At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. And on today's episode, I'm joined by my beautiful wife, once again, Connor. Here in beautiful northern Michigan, by the way, it's been a wonderful couple of days here. Finally warming up and the sun is shining. Life is good. Right, Connor? Life is good. It is Friday, and I got Woo! my rosé here. Yeah. Yeah. So the last couple of weeks, we've been coming at you with some kick-ass content. Connor has been dropping knowledge bombs and some uh, knowledge food into your brain mouths for your digestion. <laughs> so we're coming at you again today. We're going to be talking about exercise. And la- uh, last week, we talked about food. And then prior to that, Connor and Bones talked about sleep. So if you guys can see a sort of basic pattern here, uh, there, is, there is some of that going on. So yeah, we're going to be talking about exercise today, right? Yes, we're going to be talking about leveling up your exercise. Just like you said, we've been doing a little series on leveling up your habits So if you have not listened to episode 124 on how to level up your sleep, do that. If you have not listened to episode 127 on how to level up your eating habits, do do that that also. Yeah. Yeah. But today we're going to, we're going to address exercise habits. Yeah. Exercise feels like the low hanging, uh, low hanging fruit of these topics because it's like, that's the thing that's the easiest to do most of the time is mm. like go and exercise. The other ones feel like, like, why should I focus on that? It's so easy. Uh, exercise is the entire thing. Yeah, I agree. I think most people, when they think about getting healthy or getting fit, your natural first go to is exercise. Yeah. And I, think today we're going to, I'll give you a little overview of what we're going to talk about today when it comes to leveling up your exercise, is we're going to talk about redefining what counts as exercise. And so we're going to try to evolve your definition of what that might look like. And then we're going to talk about two really common barriers when it comes to staying consistent with your exercise routine, which is time and motivation. So we're going to touch on those two. Okay, cool. Let's dive on into it. Sweet. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. I'll be curious what you say. You might not say what most people will say, but 
I want you to define your ideal, perfect exercise routine. What does that look like? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. I think that in a perfect world, I would have no time limit. I would have like a mm. a window where there's, you know, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to whatever. So I can go and like play basketball for an hour or mm-hmm. 45 minutes or whatever. And then just focus on like weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So 45 minutes to an hour of playing a game that's cardio based essentially and then being able to go in for 25 to 30 minutes and just lift the weights and not have to worry about working cardio into a workout because that's it's that's more torture for me than anything Mm -hmm. yeah how how often in an ideal perfect world how often would you want to do that i think it depends on the time of year if i'm like in the middle of busy season at the park like three to four times a week would probably be enough. But during like winter seasons, like four to six times a week, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're already doing something that I'll highlight later. Most people, when I ask them, what does your ideal routine look like? They will say something very lofty. They'll say something along the lines of, I want to be in the gym seven days a week for two hours, and I want to do cardio and weightlifting and yoga and all the things. Yeah. And this is pretty common. I don't, I don't know. There was definitely a time in my life when I did this. I don't know if you can relate to this, but this is a common theme that I see with people in that. We have these overly lofty definition of what counts as exercise. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. And we don't consider these very real barriers and hurdles of time, energy, motivation, other Mm -hmm. responsibilities, real life, or enjoyment. Do we even enjoy being at a gym for three hours every day doing all of these things? Right. Um, so what we're going to do, we'll take your definition okay. of, okay, six days a week, I'd like to do an hour of basketball followed by 20, 25 minutes of weightlifting. Yep. And then we're going to kind of evolve this definition of what counts as exercise. Okay. So the reality is all movement counts. All movement counts as exercise. Yeah. And so I'm going to rephrase this question. Instead of asking, what does your ideal exercise routine look like? I'm going to ask you, what does a positive experience with exercise look like? What does a positive Uh, experience look like? Yeah. Number one is not getting injured. So Mm, mm -hmm. for me, like longevity is important. Because Mm -hmm. I've trained and been injured to a point where it's like training doesn't feel good anymore. Um, So for me, like not getting hurt and I guess a positive experience would be making pro like just making progress in general. The progress Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be 
like astronomical. It just has to be there in some way. Yeah. I think that's really important. Do you think, let's, let's say, do you think your original routine, your original definition of exercise in an ideal perfect world of basketball for an hour, weightlifting for 25 minutes, is that, would that translate to not being injured, enjoyment, hmm. longevity, progress? Depends how hard I ball, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I get that. I think most of the time, yeah, I would say, um, I think that even though it's just like pick up basketball and it's um, small town Michigan, you know, mm -hmm. YMCA basketball. It's still, if you push hard enough, that doing that type of activity that much can still, you know, take a toll. But um, it's not, I don't think it's competitive enough that I notice like, oh man, like I'm, I'm hurt so sore. I can't move or I can, I'm mm. going to hurt myself. I have hurt myself <laughs> playing basketball there. I just, I'll just throw that one out there. I have definitely done it. Um, but it's never been like a significant injury. I could definitely mm -hmm. see like, I could break an ankle or anyway, um, that stuff's always a risk no matter what you do, but, um, yeah, yeah. you're, you're already coming at the, you're, see, you're too good. <laughs> you're too good because <laughs> you're already coming at at this from a place of sustainability and what's realistic. And so. Well, I've if experienced to... the other side of this already, so yeah. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to bring in some other examples of things that I tend to hear from people when I say, okay, what does your ideal exercise routine look like? And they say, you know, gym seven days a week for three hours doing all the things. Yeah. And then if you rephrase that and say, okay, what does a positive experience with exercise look like? Or what does a positive experience with movement look like? Yeah. And usually, so your definition is similar, is almost the same. Usually, they'll rephrase it and they'll say, oh, a positive experience. Well, I'd probably walk my dog or take a hike mm. on the weekend or go swimming or play with my kids. It's usually yeah. drastically different. You know, it, it'll... It'll morph from, well, I'm going to run an hour, seven days a week. And, Ugh, yeah. and then all of a sudden that changes to, I don't even really like running. I would rather go to yeah. the pool with my kids and hang out and walk in the morning with my husband. You know, it's, it's usually very, very different. Um, it's like people think, think the, that going to exercise is supposed to be like torturous. Yeah, there has to be some sort of suffering involved in order for it to count. Yeah. And so I'm bringing this up because I really want to challenge everyone who's listening. I want to challenge your definition of what counts as exercise, because most people imagine the grueling hours at the gym that takes a ton of time, a ton of energy, a ton of mental and physical drain. That's what counts. Yeah. And by defining and by defining your exercise routine in this way, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. So if it's if it's not enjoyable, if it's just suffering, I have to go to the gym and suffer. 
then it's not going to be sustainable. You're not going to look forward to it. You're not yeah. going to maintain this routine long term. Yeah. Um, also, I want to highlight that some people don't know how to answer this question. So when I pose a question such as, what does a positive experience with exercise look like? They will say something like, I have no idea. Exercise equals suffering. Right. So I don't know what a positive experience looks like. So another way I like to ask this question is, what did you like to do as a kid? What did you have fun doing for activity? And th- yeah, go ahead. I think that there is a separation, though, between you should exercise for enjoyment. Absolutely. Because if you don't enjoy it, you won't do it. But I think back on like if you're training for something. So like if you mm-hmm. have a goal, so I'm mm-hmm. thinking back like training for M Coles. I wouldn't have done any of that stuff for enjoyment. Because I don't enjoy doing a hundred, you know, two hundred push-ups a day and two hundred sit-ups a day, yeah. and yeah. running a ridiculous amount every day, basically, and doing weighted push-ups, and like, I enjoyed the results of that. I didn't really enjoy the tr- the training. I was highly motivated to get through some of that miserable training. Mm-hmm. It, so it was like a bet. Like, I don't enjoy that training but I enjoyed the payout and mm. like looking back on it, it's like a Rocky montage now in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. It's like, you can look back on it and be like, Oh yeah, that was fun. I'd like to, you know, not do that volume of that movement uh, again. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like, I think there's an important separation between you should enjoy your exercise, but if you're training for something there, you should always like also keep that in mind. You might not enjoy training or doing a certain thing when you're working towards something but it's if it's worth the outcome Mm. yeah um we're gonna circle back to what you're talking about as far as the benefits and the outcomes of these efforts because that's really important when it comes to motivation and repeating these behaviors but Mm. you're right there's there's this caveat here of you know, maybe you are training for something. And for you, it was this fitness test that you had to pass for your job. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different in that we're talking about, and this is great for you too, and most of us out here is we're talking about, we're not training for anything. We are creating and defining what healthy living looks and feels like yeah, moving right. forward. And that's very different than I have to pass this fitness test. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important to brainstorm and think about these things that bring you enjoyment because, you know, a part of me likes going to the gym and pushing my limits and embracing the suck and, you know, even suffering to a certain extent. You know, that sometimes feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, You should do that. Yeah. 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 I think I think some people really dig that. But if you don't, you don't have to force yourself into that box. Think about these things that you used to do as a kid, like bike riding or playing basketball, playing basketball Mm -hmm. or hiking or swimming and 
I think it would be fun to bring some of those things back into the fold if those things you if those are things that you really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're kind of I'm asking these questions so that you can start to evolve your personal definition of what counts as exercise. Okay. And the biggest reason that this is important is what generally happens is if we have this really strict, lofty definition of exercise, you know, seven days a week, three hours in the gym, doing all the things, it sets us, it sets us up for failure because it puts us in this trap of that all or nothing thinking where mm-hmm. it's Monday, we get up early, we're at the gym at 5 a.m., we suffer for two hours, we check the box, Tuesday, same thing. Wednesday, we're there a little bit late. We're there at 5.30. We're only there for an hour and a half. I've already failed. I've already Mm -hmm. failed. I wasn't there for two hours. I didn't do all the things. I failed. I'm a failure. I'm going to start over next week. Yeah. So one thing is we're redefining and we're evolving and we're creating a little bit more flexible definition of what counts as movement. Um, another way you can do this is, um, the author James Clear, which I've referred to in these last two episodes on habit forming, he wrote the book Atomic Habits. He recommends doing something called an upper and a lower limit. So your upper limit is the perfect day scenario. It's the three hours in the gym doing all the things. If you had all the time and energy in the world that would be your upper limit when it comes to exercise. Mm -hmm. So we know what that looks like. And now the challenge is we're also going to define your lower limit. So we're creating a spectrum of where exercise can exist. Your lower limit is on your worst day. What can you do? What is good enough on your worst day? So let me pose that question to you. Think back to your worst day. What would what's good enough on your worst day that you could set as your lower limit? My worst day in like the last couple of years or my worst day before that? Because <laughs> it would look different. Yeah, you can decide. I would say in the last few years, my worst day would be like going to the gym and getting a 45 minute workout in. On your worst day, I would say, yeah, can, like, because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, like, when we were doing 75 hard, it was like, even on the days where I don't know, like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, in the morning, I don't know, but on the worst day, I'm thinking, okay, on the worst day, maybe I'm sick, or I don't know, I'm dealing with an injury, so maybe, I don't know, going for a walk, or getting mm. through work, like, because some yeah. days work is like a workout in and of itself. You're yeah. you know, walking 15 to 20,000 steps. You have to be, you know, mentally there and, you know, mm-hmm. and ev- all the things. So maybe on my worst day, getting through a shift at work mm-hmm. um, in a positive headspace and have a good day, you know, that type of thing. During During the season, I would say maybe that, but during yeah. the off season, like, 
on my worst day, I should be able to go to the gym for at least 45 minutes and at least try. Yeah. I, the beauty of this is you get to set the lower limit. So your lower limit could be, you know, on my worst day, I go to work and I get 15,000 steps. Or on my worst Sorry, day. Annie is in here and I just stepped on her tail. I heard her yelp, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she yelled. I, my, I was girl. cringing. I just heard that yeah, and I felt that girl. in my soul. Yeah. She sits, so she sits under the desk where we, where we podcast and sometimes... Uh, I'll like move my foot or whatever and step on her tail. She's okay. Oh, She's oh okay. poor girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I liked your example of the walk. So your your job. Some people might be able to relate to your job where you're on your feet doing physical yeah. activity all day. Yeah. So for me, who has a desk job, I sit all day long. On my worst day, I can set my lower limit at a 20 minute walk with the dog. Yeah. I can take any on my worst day when I have no motivation, no energy, no time, I can still make time for a 20 minute dog walk. And that's where my lower limit is set. Mm -hmm. So now we've created these ranges, these two ends of the spectrum, your lower limit and your upper limit. So for you, your lower limit is, you know, 15,000 steps at work. Your upper limit is an hour of basketball followed by a half an hour of weightlifting. Yeah. And so now we have this spectrum that we've created. So your exercise routine can flex with real life. Yeah. So- I mean, I don't think, especially when I'm working, even if I don't go to the gym, I never feel all that guilty because I know if I don't go work out, I'm mm-hmm. going to get what you would consider a workout at work. And that's, mm-hmm. you talked about this, like a lot of stuff people don't consider exercise, but when I'm going, and even if I'm doing something like building picnic tables, those boards that I'm lifting weigh, you know, 50 pounds each and I lift mm-hmm. 50 of them or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like that's still physical activity. And then I'm walking however many, you know, so I think that, Depend depending on the time of year for me, I don't feel guilty if I don't go to the gym sometimes because I know that I'm gonna go and get plenty of activity. Yes, exactly. And it's it's all about consistency when we're creating our routines. So rather than starting with that lofty definition where we set ourselves up for failure, we are creating more consistency by defining this lower limit. Because it's yeah. often when we scale back is when we actually move forward. So another example I can give is I used to say in order for a walk to count for me as exercise, it had to be an hour. I had to go, I had to go all the way. That's what we call yeah. the big hour long dog walk is going yeah. all the way. I'd have to go all the way. Most days, realistically, I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. And so I would beat myself up over that because I think, oh, I didn't go to the gym. I didn't do my hour dog walk. I suck. I can't do anything. But now, because I've scaled back to a 20 minute walk, Mm -hmm. I walk at least 20 minutes every day. Most of the time, if I'm already out and walking and making time for it, I walk 30, 40, 50 minutes. 
Right. And so I'm creating more consistency over time rather than saying it's an hour or nothing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, one quick side note I want to talk about is um, a time tip. And I think it's important that people give themselves permission to take care of yourself. So if one of the ways you take care of yourself is with movement and activity and exercise, give yourself permission to take care of yourself. And probably one of the best ways to do this is physically put it on your calendar. Map out your week. Carve out, intentionally carve out time on your calendar for activity. I will say my supervisor is probably the best at this in that she puts her workouts on her calendar and they're marked as busy. And so when mm-hmm. people request meetings with her, she will look at her calendar. And if there is a workout there, she always says, I'm sorry, I'm not available at that time. Yeah. And she treats it like a rock solid appointment. So right. you may not have the ability to do that during your work day, but everybody has the ability to look at their calendar and say, okay, this is what my week looks like. I know I can carve out time here, here, and there. Right. It, be very purposeful and intentional with carving out time. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to talk about motivation? Oh, do I ever. This is, this is everyone's Achilles heel. When it comes to habit forming, especially I notice this with exercise, is yeah. I get the line of, I'm just not motivated. Yep. Um, I do want to say motivation is a feeling, and like all feelings, motivation is going to ebb and flow. Nobody, nobody is motivated 100% of the time. Nope. So... I first just really want to normalize the fact that if you are unmotivated, that just means you're human. Everybody mm-hmm. can relate to that. Yep. Um, I think there's an inherent problem with exercise goals in that typically the outcome that we're looking for is I want to lose weight or I want to improve my health. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's extremely fair. Or even with training, even with training for MCOLs, the outcome is I want to do 30 push-ups in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So there's an inherent problem with this in that when we exercise, if those are your outcome goals, There is no immediate return. You can go to the gym, train push-ups, and not get that outcome. Nope. I could run three miles every day for three to six months and not lose weight. And so if we define these outcomes that are far into the future, we are almost always disappointed and feel that feeling of failure or feel that feeling of demotivation because we think, well, why the fuck am I doing this? 
Yeah. So what happens is we say, all right, I want to lose weight and I'm going to go to the gym every day for an hour. And you do that for a week and you don't lose any weight. And then you do it for another week and then you don't lose any weight. And then you do it for another week and you don't lose any weight. And you think, well, I'm not going to do this. This is dumb. I'm not losing weight. Yeah, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time. Um, so as humans, our brains are motivated by instant gratification and rewards. So our brain doesn't like to repeat behaviors if there's no reward. Our brain is saying, this is dumb. And so when it comes to exercise, a question I like to ask is, I want you to list out all of the immediate benefits you get from going to the gym, playing basketball, and lifting weights. And list as many as possible. What benefits do you get from that instantly? Camaraderie, fun, mm. uh, cardio, uh, sometimes a confidence boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like that. Um, you feel good. You feel energy. You yeah. start your day having fun. Um, I wanted to pull up this quote. This comes from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. but it perfectly encapsulates this idea of your, your efforts today will pay off. Your efforts are not being wasted. They're just being stored. Yeah. And this quote is about bamboo, but you'll see how it relates. So here's the quote. Bamboo can barely be seen for the first five years as it builds an extensive root system underground before exploding 90 feet into the air within six weeks. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with having weight loss goals or health goals, you know, wanting to improve certain health markers like cholesterol, blood pressure, your VO2, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Just know that your efforts today will pay off with consistency, but you might not see that payoff for three to six months from now or more. So these efforts are not being wasted. You're just building that extensive root system underground right now. And that payoff is going to come later. So that's why focusing on the immediate benefits will help fuel your motivation. So for me, yeah. when I go to the gym, I feel energized. I feel clear. I feel ready to start the day. And those benefits are what I lean into versus, right. well, I want to lose weight and it's not happening. And I've been working out for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, there's another thing I want to address with motivation that might be helpful. Um, there's been a lot of research done around what sorts of goals um, produce higher levels of motivation and persistence. Yeah. Yep. And so one thing you can consider is instead of making your exercise routine a performance goal, such as I have to run a mile in this amount of time, I have to do this many push-ups, 
You could also consider making your exercise routine a learning goal where you're mm. learning some sort of skill. It's been studied that by creating goals like this, it creates more intrinsic motivation, which leads to more persistence, more consistency over time. So what do I mean by learning goals? I'm thinking of things like learn how to rock climb, learn how to lift weights, learn how to ice skate, learn how to cross country ski, learn how to do certain yoga poses, learn Krat Maga. There's all of these skills. And I'm thinking back to the first time I did CrossFit. There was so many skills to learn. You know, you're learning these body weight movements and you're learning Olympic lifts. And that's one of the things that kept me going back is because I was constantly learning these skills. Right. Um, so I think that's an interesting take that a lot of people can do when they're thinking about creating consistent exercise routines is say, okay, how can I change this goal from you know, I don't know, jogging, jogging three miles every morning to something else, something else that's skill related that you're really excited and inspired to work on. Right. It activates all the different parts of your brain too. When Mm -hmm. you're learning something new, it motivates you to like, Oh, I want to do. Yeah. Like you said, Krav Maga Mm. or jujitsu or something like that. Something very technical that you're going to have to practice a lot. You're going to want to do that and get better at it. And then in the process of that, you're also going to want to get in better shape because the Mm -hmm. better shape you're in, the more effective you are at, you know, whatever pursuit you're choosing to go after. So totally. Yeah. And I think this is a good point to talk about your social environments and your social groups. So one thing that James Clear will say is you want to join groups where you're desired behavior is the normal behavior. So this is the great thing about joining circles like a CrossFit gym or, you know, a group fitness class or a basketball league is if you think about, okay, the thing I want to do is train for a half marathon. It kind of blows. It kind of blows training by yourself. And so if you can find these social groups and these training groups or these gyms where you're surrounded by all these other people that are saying, me too, I want to train for that, it's, that instantly helps increase consistency and motivation around movement. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, the last thing I wanted to talk about is some people still might be listening to this. And they might be sitting there saying, I don't even know how to get started. I have, I have no idea where to start. Mm-hmm. And so the best advice I can give to those people is start small. James Clear would actually say, start with two minutes. And the reason he says was start with two minutes of exercise or movement is a routine has to be established before it's improved. A routine has to be established before it can be improved. So by scaling something down to two minutes, we're mastering the art of showing up and we're establishing a pattern, we're establishing a routine, we're establishing a habit. 
So I'll give you an example. Um, he, he, he tells this wonderful story of this guy who wants to lose weight. And this guy, this guy says, all right, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. I want to start exercising. And he used this idea of start small, scale it down to two minutes, and we're going to master the art of showing up. And what this guy did is he thought, okay, so what does what two minutes look like of going to the gym? Well, I'm going to leave work. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive to the gym. I'm going to park my car. And then I'm going to go home. And that's what he did. He established the habit of leaving work and going to the gym. He didn't actually go to the gym, but he drove to the gym, right? So he did that for a while. And then he said, all right, I'm ready to, you know, do another two minutes. So this time he leaves work. He goes to the gym. He parks his car. He walks into the gym, turns around and walks out and goes home. And then that slowly progressed into, you know, going to the gym, getting on a bike, warming up and going home and then warming up, you know, doing a machine and then going home. And now he's in this routine. He's just he mastered the art of showing up. And so now this is automatic. This is a pattern that his brain has developed. Every time he leaves work, he gets in his car, he goes to the gym. And have you I don't know if you've heard this quote, but have you ever heard? The heaviest weight at the gym is the front door. No, but it's true. <laughs> it's true because it's all about just showing up. The heaviest weight at the gym is the front door because so often we're not even able to get through the front door. So if you can master mm-hmm. the art of just getting through the front door, showing up, you're establishing that habit. Yeah. Um, some other examples of this could be if someone says, I want to start, I want to do yoga every morning. Okay. What would two minutes look like? Scale that down to two minutes. Because if you've never done it before, your brain is holding on onto all of these patterns of, well, I'm going to wake up, shower, eat breakfast, get ready and go to work. So now you're trying to interrupt that and insert a new routine. So two minutes of starting a yoga practice in the morning might look like wake up, take my yoga mat out, lie it on the ground, and then roll it back up and put it away. Yeah. Right? Um, Or if you want to start a walking routine after work, maybe your two-minute rule is I'm going to park my car in the driveway and I'm going to walk to the mailbox and back. And that's two minutes. And then you can start walking further each day. So this one is hard. I will say this one is hard. I really like this advice and I understand this advice. This one is really hard on our egos because what happens is I don't want to walk for two minutes. I want to walk for an hour. Our egos get in the way because we're not willing to scale the habit down to two minutes. Right. So it doesn't have to be two minutes, but you have to start small. You have to get started. You have to establish the habit before you can grow the habit. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, cool. That's all I had for today. We covered a lot. We covered a lot about 
kind of challenging your definition of exercise, redefining that, evolving your definition to what counts, establishing yeah. your upper and lower limits. We talked about time and motivation barriers and then how to get started. Yeah, a lot of information. And these episodes are super important and so much information is being given to you. So make sure you are taking some notes and taking some action because that's all that matters is taking some action. So Connor, thank you very much. That was awesome. Loved it. And we will see all of you next week when we continue to discover our warrior within. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.